Hi, it's me. We're talking about influence and it's sacred. Let's jump in. Things you should know right off the bat. I've had four cups of coffee. I'm a little nervous. Did I mention my name's Chotty? Yeah. Oh, um, this is a podcast for imperfect people, and uh, you should know that uh, I cry in corners. True story. Pretty much. So we're talking about things that are sacred on the podcast for season nine. And uh, this is episode four. Episode four, our influence is sacred. Oh my God, I hate talking about influence. Um, somebody once called me an influencer and it made me so mad. Um, ugh, I just don't like the way the world has like painted influence. And um, even though Jesus had incredible influence and I believe that it's sacred and it's there are pieces of it that are kingdom, um, but we should see uh, our territory um, as influence and influence as our territory and that it's sacred and awesome and a gift from God and stuff that sometimes we have to walk through wildernesses to get to um, but the promised land is sacred even though it's full of giants and our influence is part of that and I just I'm gonna dive into that today so Recap real quick, sacred is a thing, things that ought to be guarded with reverence. That's what I mean when I say sacred. And so um, <clears throat> things that ought to be guarded, guarded, holy, uh, reverent, um, things that belong to God, things that are attached to God, not things that are in a treasury somewhere uh, behind glass, but uh, of flesh and bone and meant to be guarded uh, because they belong to God and last uh, the last couple episodes, I talked about faith. Our yes, our surrender is sacred. I talked about creativity, who we are on the world. This walk, this sacrifice is meant to be sacred. Um, our family, and by family I mean you, you homie, you, you belong to God. And you, your life should look and feel and be set apart and sacred and on mission. And today we're going to talk about the territory we've been given. Our influence. I'm going to live in um, Deuteronomy 13, uh, 1 through 5. I've been going through Deuteronomy because it's one of the books that Jesus referenced the most, and it's what I've been reading over the last six months. Uh, Moses's like opening speech is like 1 through 11, and then you have the laws, which we're going to run into uh, here today. Um, <clears throat> Jesus came, uh, what is it? Oh man, I forgot it. Jesus came to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. And Jesus fulfilled the law. So we don't have to look at what I'm reading and be like, oh, I got to follow this. Yes, you do. You do, because Jesus followed it, but you model it like Jesus, not like the Old Testament. I'm not a theologian. Go Google that. But that has been my interpretation that the law of the Old Testament is important and we take it and we learn from it, but we do it with the filter of Jesus because Jesus came to the world and he lived out the Old Testament like a G. And because he was able to fulfill um, all of the prophecies and the things of the Old Testament that spoke to his um, awesomeness and his sonship and the fact that he was the Messiah and King of Kings and Lord of Lords and God's Son and um, God incarnate, love personified, it is our job to look at our life and, and follow Jesus as followers of Jesus. Okay, Chotty, that was crazy. Yeah, it's fine. We'll get it. I'm like five cups of coffee in at this point. All right, so 
we have the Hebrew people, the Israelites, they have been rescued, hashtag Prince of Egypt, from uh, uh, Egypt, and they have been 40 years in the wilderness. So at one point, they get to the actual promised land, and they see that they're, uh, they send 12 spies, just real quick recap in case you don't know what's going on. Uh, they send 12 spies, <clears throat> Joshua and Caleb are part of those spies, they come back, and Joshua and Caleb are like, yo, Moses, this is dope. Let's do it. And the other guys are like, mm, there's giants there. We don't do giants. And uh, yeah, there were legit giants and people and squatters in the land uh, that were living there. Um, but what had happened was the people kind of were like, oh, well, if there's problems, we don't want it. Well, influence with problems? No, thank you. We would like influence with followers. Thanks. And um, so what happened was is God was really upset because he was like, yo, I just brought you here and you don't want it. Um, because it's not perfectly done. It might be a little DIY, and instead you decided you don't want it. And so, sadly, he sends them back into the wilderness for 40 years, and that's where we find them in Deuteronomy uh, 13. It is the next generation of uh, Israelites, and, and Moses is saying, hey, don't fall into the same traps that your the generations before fallen into. We are about to walk into the promised land. Let's do a quick recap on the laws and commands that uh, God has sent, Yahweh has put on us, so that we can now go into our promised land, step into our promised land, and have actual influence. Nothing is worse than being in a situation where you're supposed to be the boss or the leader or the pastor or the something, and you have zero authority and zero influence. That's not what God wants for your life. He wants you to walk into a situation and actually be able to step into it with authority. And uh, there's ways that you do that. But it, today I just feel like I need to ask you some questions. And then this will feel a little bit more like a conversation. Chadi, all your podcasts feel like a conversation. You're right. Never mind. Okay, what I realized as I was reading this, I'm going to read it to you, is that, the, is that people... And the enemy will squat on your promise. So you have to guard it. You have to guard your territory. Um, <clears throat> you have to guard your territory. And the way that you guard your territory is by understanding your faith is sacred. Your uh, job on the earth, creativity is sacred. And you, your family, you're sacred. You belong to God. And when you understand those three things, whatever tries to inspire and influence you will either be come up against a wall of holiness and set apart and righteousness in Jesus, or it'll just infiltrate because you don't have those pillars and those gates um, in check. And so that's what's kind of, that's what Moses is like saying to these people now. So you got to remember that the people of Israel, they were slaves. They had a slave mindset for 400 years. And then after 400 years, you walk them into a wilderness and God has to put all these laws and things in order because they have been running amok. So much so that when Moses disappears to go get, he doesn't disappear, he goes up a mountain, but it, it disappears just for a minute to go get uh, the Ten Commandments, they're like, hey, this ain't really working out. So what we're going to do is we're going to uh, take all the gold we have and uh, there's a calf. We're going to make it gold. Uh, we're going to make a golden calf and we're going to worship it because that sounds like the right thing to do. And so people sometimes listen to that story in the Old Testament and they're like, that's stupid. Why would you do that? There's a gigantic pillar of fire by day, by night, and a cloud by day, and God has blessed you, and there's manna and all these things, and God's providing for you. And the reality of the situation is, um, 
They did that because they had a slave mindset. And so what happens is they can't walk into the territory that God wants them to because they still had a slave mindset. And so they get there. They're scared of the um, giants. They're scared of a bunch of things. Um, and the reality of the situation is uh, they end up having to stay in the wilderness because they are same mindset. And so I don't want you to have a slave mindset before I jump into this. A slave mindset is somebody that always goes back to the things that are comfortable, uh, even though it doesn't give you freedom. So I don't know what that is for you. I know what that is for me. Uh, Those are things that God has walked you out of, um, but that you, for some reason, keep going back to. Relationship, temptation, uh, I don't know. I don't know what it is between you and Jesus. Anyways, work that out. And, um, but God wants to give you Uh, wants you to walk you into a promise and he wants to give you influence in the promise and you only can do that when you navigate these things. So let me read it and then I'll tell you the questions I feel like God is uh, gave me uh, about this. Okay, 13. Moses is like, hey, beware of this. If a prophet or one who foretells uh, dreams appears among you and announces to you a sign or wonder, again, I'm in Deuteronomy 3, 13, 1 through 5. If a prophet, okay, signs or wonders, and if the sign or wonder spoken of takes place and the prophet says, let us follow our gods, gods you have uh, not known, and let us worship them, uh, you must not listen to the words of the prophet or dreamer. The Lord your God is testing you to find out whether you love him with all your heart and with all your soul. I guess my first question to you is, what do you allow to influence you? And is it inspired, is it surrendered to Jesus? So we have him saying, hey, there's going to be people and people are going to come into your life and they're going to throw things at your life that are going to look really supernatural and awesome. And, um, and I just want you to know that it's going to cause you to possibly want to follow something else and and that's apart from Jesus and and the way that you're able to navigate that is not allowing yourself to be influenced by other people and so I guess my question for you is what do you allow to influence you not inspire you influence you there's a difference between inspiration and influence okay hold on so inspired is the process of being uh, mentally stimulated to do or feel something I'm not asking you like did somebody like you saw something or you heard a song and you got some goosebumps and it was cool and you're like that was a fun moment that's a moment I'm talking about influence the capacity to have an effect on the character development or behavior of someone or something oh my god that's what influence is the capacity to have an effect on the character development or behavior of someone guys 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 that's influence that is scary and if not surrendered to the Lord could be demonic anyways Chadi, you just sounded like you grew up in the 80s. I did. I did grow up in the 80s. Anyways, so my question for you is what do you allow to influence you? Are you letting, uh, like here, he's saying, hey, these people, these prophets, these fake prophets, these, these, uh, I don't know, people that walk around with rocks. I don't know that they influence you. They're real spiritual. Let's just throw them in the real spiritual category. People that are just real spiritual and they're just going to read your horoscope and they're just going to tell you what's going on in your life. Yeah. No, no, thank you. I read my Bible. I'm good. Thank you. I don't, I don't need you to tell me my future. I know my future. It's victory, but the God here we have Moses and he's telling his people like, yo, don't be easily influenced. Because you're about to walk into a promised land uh, with a lot of people that could possibly inspire and influence you in a way that is apart from God. And so, Chadi, that promised land doesn't feel like a promised land. Dude, if you're walking into a blessing and that blessing doesn't have weirdos and giants, uh, then that's probably not a real promised land. Like, 
God wants you, you, it builds character. You guys ever seen Holes, the movie Holes? It's one of my favorite movies of all time. And uh, they dig holes because it builds character. Nope, nobody, I'm the only one? Okay, cool. Anyways, so I guess I, I, my question for you is what influences you? Okay, ready? This is the difference between inspiration and influence. I thought about this earlier and I laughed by myself. I love Harry Potter, like I love it. I think it's freaking awesome. I'm a millennial, whatever. And so um, I like Harry Potter, I think it's cool, right? Um, uh, I just think it's cool. I think it's great writing, uh, great character development. You know what I'm not doing? Running around with a wand and learning the spells and uh, walking into Universal Studios, living out my Harry Potter dream. Now, if you've done that, that's amazing, good for you. Hufflepuff, I don't know. I don't know what house you're a part of. Um, the only house I want to, um, people, to, like, I've had people literally walk up to me and say, hey, do you like Harry Potter? And I'm like, yeah, and we have this conversation. And they're like, I'm, I'm a Slytherin, or I'm a this. And they like, they start giving me all these informations and I'm like, you're a grown-up. What are you talking about? Like, you're a Christian. Dude, shut up. Like, if you're so in... This is a joke. Like, I say this kind of jokingly. Like, if you're one of those people, I'm not judging you. I love Harry Potter. But, like, if you allow something... I'm giving you a stupid example to give you. There are so many things in our lives, guys, like Harry, like like this specifically, where people will then take on... And it's like attached to their character. It attaches to their character development. It's attached to their behavior. And then what happens is it shifts their focus from following Jesus to following whatever this new thing is that has caused them to be influenced. And so, and then that changes their influence. Does that make sense? It makes sense in my head. The only thing that should be influencing you is the same things that influence Jesus. Prayer with his Father, the voice of the Father, rooted in Scripture, and uh, walking at the pace of Jesus. And I think that we miss that as followers of God. We allow so many other things to be marketed to us. I mean, I work in marketing, guys. I worked in, like, I understand marketing. I understand that it's meant to manipulate us and move things into a certain way. And there, man, I, to this day, I'll see a commercial and be like, yo, that was good. I don't even like that, but I'll buy it. Like, I get it. I understand influence is, is a big deal in our culture. Um, but the reality is, what do you allow to influence you? Does it pull you away from God? Does it pull your belief systems away from God? Does it pull your the way that you are away from God? How you see yourself away from God? Because at the end of the day, then you're allowing yourself to be influenced. And that's where God is. That's where it says, this is the Lord testing you to find out whether you love Him with all your heart and your mind and your soul. I do love Him with all my heart, mind, and my soul, Chadi. Um, yeah, but does, does your life reflect that? God is testing to fight whether you love Him with all your heart, your mind, and your soul. I love Him, but I'm a Hufflepuff. Oh, cool, that's weird. Anyways, but um, dude, if something identifies you apart from being um, a follower of Jesus, then it has not inspired you. It has influenced you. And God then cannot entrust you with territory and influence because you have allowed so many other things to influence you that you cannot, you, He cannot use your life to be an influence to others. Reality check. That's the reality. God wants to use your life as influence in the land, influence among the giants, influence among the squatters of your promise. 
but he can't do that if you are influenced. Character behaviors, guys. Whole character development changes. The way you talk, the way you act. Um, because those are the things that have influenced you. And so here we find him, uh, Moses, telling the people, be weary of this. Like, this is not Old Testament stuff, even though it is in the Old Testament. It's stuff that we ourselves have to work out and live out as a family of God. It goes on in 4 and says, It is the Lord your God you must follow, and Him you must revere. Oh, there's that sacredness again. Keep His commands and obey them. Serve Him and hold fast to Him. The prof that prophet or dreamer must be put to death for inciting rebellion against the Lord your God, who, bought, who brought you out of Egypt and redeemed you from the land of slavery. That prophet or dreamer tried to turn you from the way of the Lord your God and commanded you to follow. You must purge the evil from among you. Um, what do you allow to influence you that you need to put to death? Yeah. That would be the question. After I read that, that's what I felt like the question I needed to ask you was. The first thing is, what do you allow to influence you? And secondly, what do you allow to influence you that you may need to put to death? What I have found as you process that is that loyalty and covenant are kingdom principles, right? And culturally, those values and principles have become common and an option. Like, you don't really need to be committed to Jesus, just, just maybe on Sundays. And Sundays for an hour and ten minutes. Like, you don't really need to be loyal to Jesus or read your Bible or actually live out His ways and His truth in His life. You just need to be spiritual and say that Jesus was a good person. Um... Well, Chadi, there's a lot of church hurt in the world, and you don't understand. I do understand. I've gone through three horrible church splits in my life. I have dealt with some of the worst ministerial betrayal, I think, ever. I don't know how sometimes I'm still following Jesus. Straight up, dude. I understand church hurt. I understand the pool to want to deconstruct and say, this can't be the Jesus that I know. But when you know Jesus and you experience Jesus and you're truly walking out your life with Jesus, it doesn't matter how people suck, how the church fails you. It doesn't matter what happens, whether your family implodes or you had a bad friend or whatever it is, put in that bucket of suckness. Whatever that is, I will tell you that when you walk with Jesus in a covenant way, in a loyal way, in a fast and furious family ride or die type of way, I'm telling you, those things, they suck and you'll still need therapy. But you'll be able to survive them. In the book, the new book coming up, I talk about offense. I talk about how to deal with offense and how I have a lot of scars on my body. Uh, like legitimate scars and then I have a lot of internal, spiritual, mental scars from things that I did not have, I didn't realize were going to happen to me and then they happened to me. And now I have all these random scars that remind me uh, not to get hit in the face with a paddle in a canoe or not to put my hand through the glass or don't let go of a treadmill when it's going really fast because you're going to run full speed into a glass credenza. But like there are things like that I have in my heart that are scars of wounds that are like, hey, when I'm navigating 
friendships, I know not to share too much too quickly because they need to be tried and true and I need to make sure their influence is right and that they're, they're, they're my friend for the right reasons. And God, it's, it's not a wall I'm putting up, but it's my heart that I'm guarding. It says, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. I have now matured in a way that I'm able to see people differently where I can still love them, but I'm still able to guard my heart in the process. When you are walking out uh, influence and promised land situations and God wants to expand your territory, when you are loyal and in covenant with Jesus, even though things suck, even though things are problematic, you'll look at the things and the problems that you've had as just another opportunity for God to use your life. And I will tell you as a person who has gone through horrible church hurt, horrible, horrible, that now as a pastor, I get to stop that with me. There are parents out there that look at their kids and say, I'm going to be a better mom or I'm going to be a better dad or because of the things that I had to deal with. And now I get to do that with our church, right? So I would just, if you're a person who's like, look, I understand, um, I don't, I don't know. Some of you, well, the death of the things that influence you is going to need to be the hurt in your life. You're going to need to let go of offense and uh, bitterness and disappointment and, um, and surrender it to Jesus and say, God, I need you to help heal this. Get a really good trauma counselor. Get a, good, a really good counselor. Get some right people around you that speak to who you are and not what happened to you. And I promise you, God will begin to expand your territory and expand your influence. But you're stuck in the quicksand of bitterness and you're stuck in the quicksand of offense. And God cannot use you if you do not put to death the things that have influenced you in a negative way. What have you allowed to influence you that you need to let go and die? I wrote this down. God can't entrust you with influence or territory if what influences you is not loyal to God. Loyal to His life, His ways, and His truth. His truth. Okay? This is not like your truth. This is the truth of God. Jesus is the truth. If your truth is not filtered through Jesus' truth, there's no way to the Father but Him. Influence isn't followers, it isn't success, it isn't money. Uh, Influence is not followers, success, money, or fame. Influence is the manner in which you share your faith. Embody creativity and steward family, all while expanding God's truth in the territories you live in. If If your faith is stagnant, so will be your influence. If your creativity only creates for you, so will your influence. If your family is in disarray, and I mean you, your heart, your mind, and your actual family, eventually so will your influence. Promised lands, workspaces, territories. God is sending you into these spaces with an an understanding of sacredness. So you can walk in and understand that what God is giving you is sacred. And then you can treat it with reverence and holiness and set it apart and not let just anyone speak over it. Don't allow your life to be influenced by others who do this. This is what that, those verses say, okay? Don't allow your life to be influenced by others who cause you to worship something apart from God. Apart from God? Well, how do I know that? Can you root it back to the scriptures? Does it go back to the scriptures of what they're giving you? Does it go back to the scriptures? Okay, hold on. 
Let me say this too. Oh my God, because people like to use the Bible as a weapon. The Bible, the incredibly phenomenal theologian and man of God who recently passed away, Dr. Michael Heiser used to say, the Bible was written for us. It was not written to us. Read your Bible with context, fam. It was written thousands of years ago to people who lived in a different time. Okay, so you need to understand the context of the letters that were written by Paul with who like who wrote it, why they wrote it. Go read a Hebrew version, a Greek version, learn what the words mean. Do a deep dive into your word. If you are not truly really understanding the scripture in which you're reading, you're doing yourself a disservice to not understand it. I understand that I do like um paraphrases when I teach on the podcast because so these are 20 minutes guys you're re- reading them as you walk go home my go- my goal on the podcast is not to be a, th- a theologian deep diving scriptural person like my goal is to cause a conversation that causes you to go read your bibles I've already read my bible I already know what I believe this is not for me this is for you to be inspired to go do the same I have a very good friend who's going to theology school she's the smartest person I know and I always go to her and I'm like, I need you to find out if this is true. I need, <laughs> my friend, John Phelps, phenomenal, phenomenal Pauline uh, uh, theologian. I call him and I ask myself, like, is this true? Is it like, are you, the Bible's a treasure. Are you like seeking it? And like, no one can get you to worship things apart from God if you are totally in it, right? You understand his scripture. You know who God is. You can't tell me who God is because I know him. I always say it's like Buddy the Elf, Santa, I know him, this guy's sitting on a throne of lies. Like, no, no, I know God, you can't tell me who God is. I sit in services and sometimes I'll hear people preach and I'll be like, oh, that was really good. And then sometimes I'm like, oh my God, I don't think that's in the scripture. And I'll go back and I'll be like, nope, that wasn't in the scripture. Do you know how much fear and I have about preaching and, and, and doing this podcast? Always scared to death that I might say something that's not entirely scriptural and 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 um like i'm not a theologian man i'm just a person who really loves the bible and loves to talk about jesus and so my goal is that in these conversations that you and i have that you go and you search it out for yourself so that people can't influence you apart from god don't allow your life to be influenced by others who cause you to become enslaved to something God's already rescued you from. Oh my God. If you like have a temptation, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Let's, say, let's use an easy one. Ready? If you have a porn issue and God has blessed you and you are no longer looking at porn and you are healthy and your mind is whole and you're no longer um, involved in that and then you have a friend who wants you to go watch a show and in that show all there are are naked people. That is not a good friend to have nor is it a show that maybe you should be watching as there's no level of fast forwarding that's not gonna cause you to have to have an issue again. Like don't put yourself in situations or in relationships or in whatever that's gonna cause you to go back to things that God has already pulled you out of. Write down the things that have enslaved you. Write them down. I don't know where you're at. Write them down on your phone. Do a voice text. Voice memo yourself. I don't know. I don't know. That's phones. My now. Oh my God. You should see me on the YouTube's guys. I'm like holding a phone like an iPhone. This is how I know I have really moved forward from from the hand thing to your ear to the. Anyways, it's not the point. Point is, write it down. Put it in a journal. Put it somewhere. 
Write down the things that God has saved you from so that when anyone comes to you or something happens, people are not the enemy. The enemy is the enemy, but the enemy uses people. And so you need to have discernment and discretion and understand that your life is sacred. You are part of the family of God. You are in the family of God when you say yes to God and nothing should push you away from God because you know him, you know his scripture, and you know what he's pulled you out of. And the second is uh, causes your loyalty to wane. Don't allow your, don't allow your life to be influenced by things that cause your loyalty to wane. If you want influence, you want to be able to speak into things, uh, you have to be able to be loyal to God. I'm not saying not to deconstruct things. I'm not saying not to do that. I'm okay with people asking questions. I have questions. I have tons of questions. I have so many questions. I feel like I'm going to get to heaven and do a Mary and just sit at the feet of Jesus and be like, bro, when this happened, that was really screwed up, right? Okay, God. So like, so like, what, what is this? Explain this to me. And I will tell you that I do that now. I, in my prayer time, in the time, I'll just put worship music on and I'll just sit and I'll go, God, what the frick, man? This sucked. This was horrible. Lord, did I do something wrong? Did, what did, how can I be better? Lord, it was not, oh, it's not a me issue. It's a them issue. Okay, cool. Like, if you are not doing that, you know, I wrote this in the book, and I'll, I'll give you a snippet, and then I'll stop. But Jesus dealt with feelings of overwhelmed, all his feelings. When he was struggling, he would go back to his father. He did it in the garden, right? In the Garden of Gethsemane. And he did it throughout the Gospels. Every time he had a problem, every time he needed, he was, needed to recharge, he would go back to the father, right? And he would pray. When Eve had that problem in the garden... She didn't go back to the Father. She didn't go back to the God who created the heavens and the earth, who she walked with. He was a walking buddy with her, okay? She didn't go back to him. She went to Adam, and then she unraveled. And I think that so many of us have deconstructed and unraveled and have shifted our influence, have been influenced and have shifted our influence because we, when we were hurt or when we had a conversation with a snake, we never went back to the Father. Instead, we went to the amphitheater of social media. Um, we went and found family that maybe didn't have the maturity to walk us through it. Um, and we, we didn't go back to God with it. And, and because of that, we now have to deconstruct without God. And when you deconstruct without God, everything will be broken. And so, because your influence is sacred and will eventually affect your, your life and time, I'm going to talk about time in the final episode, but I just want to encourage you. I just want to encourage you. Um, I just want to say that I'm sorry. I'm sorry if um, you have felt that someone influenced you who belonged to God and called family of God influenced you in a way that has caused you to either go back to something that enslaved you or just walk away from God. And I, I just want to apologize and say, I don't know, something I said hurt your feelings or I just want you to know that you're loved and God loves you and you, he has called you to more and he has a promised land situation ready for you. And yes, there will be giants and yes, there will be people trying to steal your influence and trying to influence you. But when you are surrendered to the Father with your faith and your creativity and understanding that you're part of God and meant to be set apart. God can entrust you with more influence and it'll be awesome. And for all those that just said, I don't want any influence, too bad. 
You don't get to not influence the world when you belong to Jesus. It's what we were called to do. So, um, I love you guys. And uh, I hope this episode encouraged you. I'm excited about the next one. As I love talking about time and giving our time back to God. Okay, I love you weirdos. Do you too binge watch period pieces and order trash food when you're sad? This book is for you and for everyone else who wants to embrace their feelings, throat punch anxiety, and manage their emotions well. I Cry in Corners. Get your copy today.